The Fable and Folly Network supports creators of exceptional audio stories, including the one you're listening to right now. If you love our shows, we want to hear from you. Complete our listener survey at fableandfolly.com slash survey. This will help us learn more about you, what you like, what you'd like to hear more of, and how we can maintain an inclusive, safe atmosphere. As a thank you for your participation, we have extras and behind-the-scenes content from your favorite shows. Fans make the network what it is. Thanks for listening, and we can't wait to hear from you. Find our listener survey at fableandfolly.com survey today. Welcome back to the grim darkness of the 41st millennium. I'm Inquisitor Temperance Price, Keeper of the Inquisition's Black Library, and this is the second volume in a report on the Valentine Heresy, an actual play podcast set in the Genesis adaptation of Warhammer 40K's Dark Heresy RPG. This report features Game Master Ryan Laplante and players Tom McGee as Interrogator Nero Abagnale, Laura Elizabeth as Piper Fairley, Tyler Hewitt as Seth Corbin, and Del Borovic as Sister Olien Mina. My report shows that the Inquisitorial Band flexed their authority to avert disaster. Nero told Olien to kill him and take control of things which go poorly, and Olien was miraculously able to stabilize Seth, who was taken away to have his lungs replaced. With an impromptu conference of the House leaders about to begin, what will become of the already tenuous situation now that the Inquisition is involved? Find out next, in this episode of The Valentine Heresy. From a captured audio recording of Fabius Bile. My foes have shown a remarkable tenacity. They will not cease their search. I would only be delaying the inevitable. No, better to meet them on my terms and bring this chapter of my life to an end. Like Fabius Bile, you've had enough of slinking in the shadows. It's been getting too complicated. The party has revealed themselves, and it's time for you to make your first dramatic entrance to an improvised conference of house leaders within the arena of the Dominion Omnium Proto-Hive. Uh, you've made your way up several flights of stairs. You're heading towards a, a large kind of box in the traditional arena sense of the glass wall. There will undoubtedly be a, some kind of stateroom behind it. Uh, there are two doors. You've kind of directed by servants who are not following you. They're all just looking at the floor, kind of just pointing in directions from corners. Uh, do you guys have a plan of attack for your entry or your approach? You have time to to speak before you enter. Uh, Tyler, Warden's just going to be that guy who keeps getting handed around. So congratulations, you're Warden. Will I, will I need the character <laughs> sheet then? Yeah, yeah. I will. Laura, if you could send him that character sheet. Sure that would thing. Be hey, Warden Harpen. Yeah. Uh, but... <laughs> And Tyler's dead. We only <laughs> um, that killed Seth. Nothing else. Just that joke. Nero, you would be the one leading uh, the team who's probably gone into these things before, but clearly you're a pretty collaborative leader. So what are you looking for out of this coming conversation? Uh, well, I guess my first question is, how fast is my wrist ding? Because uh, I took a, a sample of Yay. Lucia Bain's blood, and I've got the uh, the genetic base for all of the leaders. I think so, it'll go through pretty fast. So it, it, it's hit you the green. Uh, it is confirmed that, that this matches the the logged DNA that you had anticipated. I feel so. a lot better about helping save Seth's life now. Uh, if it had been red, mm, to the moon. Um, cool. So uh, I'll kind of turn over uh, my shoulders as we walk. Uh, I assume we're doing like a, a dramatic walk and talk, um, you know, uh, fucking Sorkin style. But grim dark, so like skulls and spikes and sorkin. Um, <laughs> and I'll just say, uh, yeah, all right, guys. So um, obviously things uh, got a little out of hand there. Wasn't expecting to get ambushed by uh, Eldari, you know. 
they're uh, they're kind of mean folks. Although Piper looks like you were under arrest too, so it seems like this all kind of worked out for the best, aside from Seth. But I mean, when does it ever really work out for Seth? Um, we've been wrapped up a lot in the the politics, this whole situation, a lot lately, and that's fair. You know, we're really trying to get in here and we're really trying to get some answers, um, but we can't lose sight of the fact that Fabius Bile is here, that Horace's heresy is here amongst these people. So we really got to get blood samples one way or another from these other house leaders. And uh, now it might not be the time, but um, it might be the time, you know? Uh, also, I may make some threats. Piper, Piper, you and I have had some differences of late. I'm going to do everything in my power to get you some protection so you can unleash your powers on this place in safety, okay? But I'm also going to need you to not ask questions when I bring up uh, certain orbital bombardment plans that I'm pretty sure I'm going to talk about, okay? You sure this is the best tactic? No. No, our tactic guy took a bullet to the chest, and I'll like nod to Warden. I'll say, uh, but uh, we're running pretty low on options here, Piper. So unless you've got, uh, does the, and I'll like lean in even closer and kind of like <laughs> try and edge Mina out, and I'll just be like, uh, do your friends in the warp have any uh, any advice for us? What do you mean, my friends in the warp? You know the voices you hear. You know your friends in the warp. You know when oh. you use your powers. I don't know. I haven't heard them since like the, we heard them over the Vox. So like, and I like open my mind a little bit. Okay. Well, I'm going to try and make it so that you can open your mind safely. Does Wait. that sound good to you? Yeah. Okay. That sounds great to me. Great. Great. <laughs> you have a really, really back. strange idea about like warp and stuff, but go on. And I'll just smile and say, <laughs> You have no idea. And I just like, I, I kind of like shake my head and like look to Mina like, what the fuck is with this guy? <laughs> and that is when you stroll through the doors into the midst of an argument as Piper Jim takes <laughs> to Mina. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, Warden, uh, what do you think Warden's feeling as Warden follows this group from the rear uh, into the room, Tyler? Uh, Warden's <laughs> going to be so different as he changes hands from every player. Warden's like... <laughs> yeah. Glad no one's talking about me. Just kind of like. <laughs> <laughs> I like this because it truly will be a collectively built yeah. character. All the yeah. time. <laughs> uh, but you stride into a room where an argument has clearly been going on for a while and things are already heated. Uh, at the center of the space is a giant granite aquila. It's flat. It's laid on the floor. It's clearly the central table. On it, you actually see a buffet spread of what you would think of as very high-end sporting snacks. There's clearly like a fancier version of nachos and other yeah. things you would expect to see at like a game only made by the fanciest chefs. So there's like every nacho chip is a little bit gold-plated. It's clearly to the detriment of the taste of the food and it's been picked over, but no one's really here to eat. However, on two of the walls, as you walk in, there's kind of the big door and on both the left and the right, there are full bars, just floor to ceiling, wall to wall. Uh, they they don't just have drinks. There's also a selection. You can see Obscura, you can see Low Sticks. There's kind of every drug or drink of choice that any of the finest psychopaths of the Imperium could want to enjoy while watching Bloodsport. <laughs> 
And the rear of the space is open air. There's a simple gold bar uh, that's raised to about waist height for the tallest of the people attending. It's clearly sized to be house leader size, not the rest of you as regular people who aren't built as proto space marines. Uh, There is no glass, but you can see a, a shimmer to the air and you realize there is a refractor field there that has clearly been kept active since the earlier events. So you're not going to be receiving any gunfire through there. You're aware you can shoot through refractor fields on traditionally on people because they're not the most superpowered, but this is clearly a structural choice. You have a feeling that that one would be much stronger and more capable. Would take probably a heavy weapon or a mass explosive to actually get through. But in the center of the room, spread around the table, are a number of giant superhumans and smaller regular humans all yelling at each other pretty dramatically. Uh, All four of the house leaders are present. Rancid is not in the room. Uh, Clearly, they're not even bothering to pretend that he's the one driving this. Uh, But Gazzy, Lucia Bain, uh, Krungus Marcus, and Roberto Vance are all pointing fingers uh, red in the face. Uh, They're all still in their beautiful dresses and floppy sun hats of their appropriate colors. Uh, In between each of them, you can see a figure from the Adeptus Mercantile, who you have not interacted with before, but you'd recognize her from uh, the large table. And you realize this is Guildmistress Lorion Vase. Uh, In the corner, Pettis Fetidum is just standing, uh, looking nervous and a little bit recalcitrant. Uh, It's the first time you've seen Pettis not the life of the party making deals, but it's very clear that his boss is present and this has gone badly. Uh, Piper, you know about the bet, so you're aware that there is some stress there for him, uh, depending on how this all works out. Uh, You also see Chasener Bokatan is standing off to the side, but along with the rest there is uh, Marshal Valda Decimus. Uh, who is a gruff older woman in a grav wheelchair. I think like Professor X's chair, but a little boxier and a little more crudely put together. Uh, She's wearing full armor uh, over her torso arms, and she's got a helm that's clearly resting in a little socket in the front. So it's almost in her lap, but it's built into a slot in the chair, and she's got the shotgun over her back. She's had rejuvenate work done. She still looks old. Like, don't get me wrong. She's clearly closing in on 100, but I think you all know enough to know that she's probably closing in on three or four hundred to look that old with the treatments plus be in the chair. She can still throw down but they've had to enhance her to allow her to be able to do that over time. And that is yes, that is everybody in the room. Sorry, got a lot of characters to keep track of. Uh, Uh, Could I grab her name again, sir? Yes, Uh, she is Marshal Valda Decimus. Great. Uh, um, and I have I have a question that I think Warden would be keen to know. Um, yep. Since we were, uh, uh, we declared ourselves um, Inquisitors, did we get our weapons back? Yes, they all would have been armed again. They all would have been returned to you okay. instantly. Um, okay. Basically, the people who took them back the moment you were unmagnacled, uh, you'd be given them back. So you are all fully armed entering this room. Okay. You don't, uh, obviously... Uh, the Arbites are armed. Uh, you don't see any weapons on the rest of them, but under their voluminous dresses and with Who their knows? general gen enhancements and vat muscle, plus they own this room. You don't think this would be the, oh, now we pull guns and get slaughter everyone in here. It's just 
They're right. not trying to take it away from you. At this point, you get the sense that you're getting the same kind of level of credit that an Arbites would, like the official ones, not the enforcers, which is they can't legally take the weapons away from you. So they're not stupid enough to ask if they're not going to send an army to take them from you. Uh, so you're permitted to enter. But the argument that's going on that you can overhear is clearly over who won the games today. Uh, and you can hear a number of different factions coming in from different points. Uh, Guildmistress Lorion Vase is, is over in the corner. No, it doesn't matter. This is a tie. No one wins. No one wins at all. Uh, Nero, I think most of you are smart enough to realize for the Adeptus Mercantile who hosts the betting, it's pretty safe bet that very few people bet there was going to be a tie. So that's just like the easiest way for the Adeptus mm-hmm. Mercantile to make supreme bank. Uh, Lucia Bain is yelling, well, I won. They were cheaters. So that doesn't count. That means I lasted the longest and I won the first day. <laughs> Meanwhile, Gazzy is in his car. Going, I don't know. I think they did really good. I mean, they killed everything in the arena and then they got Nero's skull shield too. Like, <laughs> 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 you guys just got bonus points for killing, uh, for killing him. Krongus Marcus is, is in his, is just bellowing just fists up and down almost grew like i can't believe this happened someone cheated i was ripped off from psychos psychos and bullshit everything's bullshit run at i win because cheating uh and then the last group uh is, is uh roberto vance <laughs> i don't know what the fuck you're all talking about what i say is it's a wash we shut the whole thing down or we do a redo everyone get a new team i don't know what the fuck we're playing this game uh, you realize his argument is the weakest, but his team just clearly lost. So for him, a redo <laughs> yeah. or even neutral is is a game. Uh, so coming in, that's kind of the position that you would see. Only as the doors kind of open and shut, the whole group looks to you. Uh, and you just see the vice marshal say, huh, good. Okay. They're here. So we could sort out the legalities of the victory. I don't know why we're all playing this game. Of who yells loudest wins the most. And you just see them all kind of look at her a little angry, but they don't really bother to argue with the vice marshal because they're not really equipped to do so. Mm -hmm. Inquisitor, you're here. You've been interfering in the governor's selection games. Uh, why? Um, an all, uh, kind of, uh, narrow-eyed, thin smile uh, everyone in, in a vaguely unnerving, but like he's trying to be pleasant, but has no social grace, clearly, uh, way and to say, uh, hi, uh, vice marshal. Yeah. Um, we received some, uh, oh, also the rest of you. Hi. Hello. Hi. Hi. Nero Abagnale, uh, inquisitor, uh, on behalf of, uh, inquisitor, uh, Billingberg, uh, look, we were sent here, um, cause we heard some, uh, upsetting reports about how far, uh, the uh, excess of this planet had gone. And don't get me wrong, you know, you're all rich, you're all powerful, you're all well-built. So I get it, I get it. But, uh, you know, the Xenos down there, I had to see for myself if Xenos were being housed on this planet, which as you know, is grounds uh, for exterminatus, right? And, you know, the funny thing about prom, it's, it's such a great resource, you know, and we're always glad that planets can do it. Um, but it saves the Inquisition and the Marines, a lot of work. They don't need to plant bombs. It's kind of your planet is sort of a bomb, you know? And cyclonic torpedoes are just so, so effective uh, suborbitally. So anyway, all this to say, we came here to make sure that nothing, uh, no fuckery was afoot. And lo and behold, fuckery is most certainly afoot. 
here on your fine uh, uh, Dominion Omnium Proto Hive. So uh, we were not trying to make one person win or one person lose. I understand your frustrations. It was a hell of a game. We had a great time. Sister of Blood, you know the crowd loved her, loves her. Um, but uh, here's the thing: someone's got to pay for the Xenos. And I am here to make sure that the rest of these games go off without a hitch because I believe in democracy, God damn it. And the emperor has sent me here to ram a bolter down the throat of anyone who would interfere with and or blaspheme on the way to power. Is that all right with you, Vice Marshal? Well, that makes sense to me, I guess. Mm. Well, clearly, you're not going to carry out exterminatus on this world. We're, we're feeding several crusades. You can't afford to lose the prom. I mm. do believe the rest on the scale of things. What are you thinking about? Well, what? here's the thing. You already executed Nero's skull shield, so we don't got to worry about it. He was the one who brought the Xenos. He was running this event, and now he's gone. You've done great work on the scale of things. Yeah. What I want to know is who the fuck won the games? You have to explain. You you interfere. You change the rules. I think because everyone cheated, it should be me. Yeah, listen, an interesting argument, and I, I appreciate. It. But as I said, I'm not here to uh, to you know throw the crown to someone. That's not really what we do. Also, to your point about the exterminators, I agree. I agree. It's a very very valuable world. Here's the thing, though, as you've probably uh, ascertained right now, I'm not a really well liked motherfucker. So you know, if the Ordo Zenos got word and I assure you they have. Uh, they're not really going to mind because it gets me out of their hair and it gets some Xenos out of their hair. And I got to tell you, the Dark Eldari are a, uh, <laughs> they're a real problem. They're not just a, they're not a bunch of orcs that you can just capture and bring here. There's something more afoot here. So listen, they would love nothing more than to blow this place up with me on. It gets me out of their hair. It gets Xenos out of their hair. It's, it's a win all, all the way around. So let's just keep it Xenos free from here on out. Yeah. In terms of the games. So here's the thing. Uh, yeah. I took care of skull shield. That's kind of what I do, but the governorship is a real problem here. So, and I'll turn to Gazi and I'm like, I'm really sorry, sir, but, uh, there has to be a, a a very public show of retribution against your house for this. You know what I mean? So I'm going to kind of need to uh, execute your dad a little bit. Thanks for supporting the Fable and Folly Network. Here's another show we know you'll love. I got this really strange email last night. I need to see what's going on with this mystery file. Hey, it's a map of a town called Ocean Bay. Someone sent these images to you for a reason. I'm so lost right now. When was the last time you chose a direction and followed it? I'm going to Ocean Bay. We don't get many tourists this time of year. Ocean Bay is a friendly town, but we're not that friendly. I never sent you an email. I don't even know you. And why exactly are you here? The map is the reason we're here. Maps help when you're lost. Do you know what a trap street is? Trap streets aren't real. They don't exist. Don't trust anyone unless they give you a reason to trust them. I, I think he's dead. How could so much damage happen to a human body in such a short period of time? What the hell is going on here? From the creators of Strange Air, this is Trap Street. So maps can have secrets. 
Yes, maps can have secrets. Follow and hear new episodes of Trap Street anywhere you listen to podcasts. This is Fabius Bile reaching out to all those arch heretics and other dangerous psychopaths out there. There is only one way to truly defeat the Emperor and his pathetic lickspittles, and that is to make sure that they do not unify themselves and their false beliefs and empty gods. They must not join a Patreon. They must never join patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Then our cabal can rise to the heights of brutality and cruelty. We can slay every player character, skin the flesh from their bones, and leave them with no hope remaining. Unless, somehow, people go to patreon.com slash dumdumdice. With enough support, perhaps they could stop us. But that will never happen. <laughs> now the good news is it means you'll get to be governor for a couple of days, which is honestly better than you could have expected. And uh, you know what you're going to do for me uh, is uh, in, in, retro- in, in penance for the crimes of your house is you're going to oversee these games. And I'm going to be right there over your shoulder, making sure everything goes all right. But to your, uh, and I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. We haven't met, sir. Uh, you who wants to win this this round? My name is Krongus Marcus, future right. governor of this world. All right, yeah, Krongus, uh, some kind of governor type. That's good. That's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. It's good to meet you. It's good. It's good. And then my eye starts to twitch and like, uh-oh, <laughs> Nero can't hold it together this long. Um, and I'll just be like, um, and I'll say, yeah, so uh, what, what do you think you want to roll for selling them on the idea of governor execution? Because I think this is probably the point where someone would interrupt. I just don't know who or what they're going to say. So, sorry, are you asking what, I, I glitched out for a second. Uh, what yeah, would I what roll What skill for do you think you would be using to influence the room, to sell this kill the governor concept? Uh, I'm gonna uh, thrust my rosette across the table and literally not ask, just say I'm I'm gonna do this thing. Uh, so I mean, I'm happy to to take a role here. The problem is like, again, I've got interrogation is my only real inquisitor thing or forbidden lore. Hmm. Um, but also, uh, I'm not really asking. I'm just kind of saying I'm gonna kill your your governor. So <laughs> it's kind of up to you. <laughs> what do you think I uh, I need? Fair from this? enough. I mean, we could stick with cool. Cool makes sense. Um, yeah, let's go with cool because I think that's that's just your your sheer kind of courage uh, diving into the room. Uh, you will lose another strain because you're trying mm-hmm, to influence mm-hmm. um, house people. Uh, I will say this one would fall. I'm going to say difficulty five because you're selling. We interfered with your game, so I have to execute your governor, mm. which is not impossible, but definitely a tough sell mm-hmm. uh, for this room. Um, two boost for the rosette. Nobody can argue with a rosette. That thing exists. Cool. Uh, Ryan, would you say this is a, it is a new session. Would you say this is a new, uh, social combat encounter? Yeah, I would. Great. Um, clever retort. I can add threat to an opponent's role, but I'd be able to use that to remove setback and or add boost to my current role. Uh, I would let you remove setback. I would not say it would add boost because I think being clever... Just because this is a very literal yep, no, I get that. exchange. That's fine. Um, cool. Uh, that's all I got. Um, 
I would say uh, I'll take a setback for uh, in no way having communicated to anyone that uh, a Xenos related exterminatus needs to happen, nor would I. <laughs> um, yep. Uh, yeah, I think that's all I got. Um, how are we doing on story points there, bud? Uh, you've got two. I've got three. Yeah, let's use one of those to add mm-hmm. green. Mm-hmm. It always feels like such a waste to spend a story point and earn an extra green, but you know, desperate times. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. I think that's good for me. So, that's Wait, so what's, a, what's our running total? One green, two yellow, five purple, two blue, one black. Yeah, it feels right. Yeah, right. Cool. Two threats. Oof. Not the worst. Not the worst. Um, Gazzy will be like, ah! <laughs> just clearly playing fucked up, hoping somebody else will interrupt so he doesn't have to kind of argue with you. At which point, Val the Decimus just uh, hits a button and her chair just hovers a little higher, hitting that eye height that uh, they've, got, they've got new cool wheelchairs that stand up to that where they talk about how that really can rebalance uh, conversations in an interesting yeah, yeah, way. Yeah. Uh, and she looks to you and says, well, that's not really going to fly in terms of the law. Uh, he's making the tithes. He's made the deliveries and you decided to interfere with his game. So I hate to say it, but it seems like you're overreaching. And she takes out the rosette and plugs it into the chair. And then she looks at it for a second. and says interrogator <laughs> and clearly puts together that you are not the inquisitor, but you're still on the team. Just she doesn't believe in your legal rights to make the exterminatus. Um, and I'll just, uh, shrug and say, uh, look, as I said, I'm not well liked. Fair enough. So here's, <laughs> oh, I'd like to make this call myself. I really, really would. But, uh, when it comes to the law of the inquisition, I'm not the most knowledgeable, nor can I, as in our bites, enforce anything upon the inquisition, which I fully understand. She says angrily to the whole room, <laughs> aware that they're all probably thinking of trying to muscle on you. She says, which is why, before this all happened, I sent word to the officio inquisitorius of this protohive, who sent the highest ranking representative within, uh, what the fuck is the name of this, within this system. I'm not going to say the name. You all know it. Uh, we and, surely do. We wouldn't yeah. say it either. And Anna Sombra? Yeah, fuck it. Uh, the, no, the, no, the, don't the, bother. We wouldn't say it either. You know? And luckily, my timing is pretty good. And she gestures over to the door. Uh, which opens, and a very short man, probably like four foot two, uh, comes in. He is bald. He is rotund. He's wearing a, a gray uniform that's a little awkward fitting, uh, tied in with a bronze sash. Uh, the buttons themselves are the same gray as the rest of the outfit. He's wearing thick black goggles that are tightened around his skull. When you're thinking of the appearance, he's somewhere between uh, Dr. Octopus uh, meeting the mad scientist from Despicable Me. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Comes in, okay. hunched, uh, enters, and says, it is a pleasure to be here. Uh, I, Piper, you are, like the rest of you instinctively don't like this guy. Piper, his presence is painful when he comes through the door, and you realize that this is a blank or an untouchable. Yeah. I think um, I like under my breath, I just like mutter like like fucking blunters. Yeah. Uh can I get a perception from everybody else against a difficulty of I'm gonna say Nero, I'm gonna give you a two, because I think you have experienced this kind of stuff before in inquisitorial training. 
Uh, Mina, I'm going to say three because I think you would know something that's wrong with someone's soul. Uh, and I'm actually going to give this one to you for free, Warden. You're aware because you've dealt with the Sisters of Silence and other psycho controlling organizations. So you've been in blunt fields before. So you know he's a blank. It's if the other two know it without having to be told. Do you say perception? Yeah. Okay. I think Piper would like just immediately walk to the table and get a low stick and light it up. Great. So you're smoking at the bar. Yeah. Mina got one threat. Okay. Mina doesn't know. Nero? Sorry, I was glitching out, so I didn't hear it. I actually don't know that I would roll on this because uh, I've been holding it together as best I can. And I think at this point, not talking about Horace is really taking all I got. So... (laughs) Uh, I think I'm like, I'm glowering and I'm feeling uncomfortable, but I'm actually just not sure if that's me or him. <laughs> All right. So Invictus will enter. Uh, Piper, you know, he's, he's a blank, which you don't care for. Warden, no. this is probably interesting. You've worked with them before and find them to be highly useful. Uh, what you would know. Mina, yeah, you have no clue. You just kind of don't like this guy because he seems creepy. Uh, Nero is having a breakdown. Um, <laughs> but Warden, you would know that like these people are generally useful. They're immune to Psyker powers. Like if a Psyker throws fire at them, it just doesn't affect them. And if they get close to Psykers, they can actually negate their abilities. They're more effective than the limiting callers or other things that can kind of shut Psykers down. Uh, but Invictus comes in and is just like, all right, it is time for me to sort out the legalities of this complicated situation. Interrogator Abignail, a pleasure to meet you. I've heard uh, great things about Barthus Billingberg. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's great. He's great. And I'm sure you are too. I'll, I'll like reach out to shake his hand, which I don't know is a, I suspect isn't really a tradition uh, necessarily, but, but Nero just kind of does it by rote. And the guy looks at his hand, um, Invictus, and is just like, hmm? Yeah, I think the Invictus will reach out and clasp your forearm in the old school, like, yeah, Roman sure. warrior way. And be like, yes, yes, excellent. Another friend of the Inquisition. So I understand that he has participated in these games. Uh, has he declared his intent? And Valdinesimus is like, yes, he would like to uh, execute the governor as punishment for his interference in the games. Well, that would be legally complicated and challenging. Not altogether impossible. Nothing is in the Inquisition. But we face the games and... And he he gestures over to Gazzy, who awkwardly and unpleasantly is like, oh, I don't want to... Fine, I have to touch him. Uh, And he walks over and just gives him a slate. And it's clear all the house leaders just despised Invictus. Again, as a blank, it's impossible to make friends. They don't have souls, so they make everyone uncomfortable. And he's like, ah, I see you, interrogator Abignail, have been uh, logged as his official team for all three events. Hmm. You are the Inquisition, but he is not legally allowed to enter more, and support of the system is one of the officio Inquisitorius's greatest goals. So, well, you're not going to like this answer, but it's what I have for you. You must decide who was the winner of this game, for you are the one who broke the rules. And then, for the rest of this competition, you unfortunately will be forced to represent House Cologne in the next two games, because they cannot replace you with another team at this time. At the end of which, if you decide we must destroy this world, I will get it rubber-stamped by Barthas Billingberg and uh, death to this world. 
and I'll just again like and say, so we're uh, you're just fine with the the Xenos. They just have Xenos, and that's fine. Well, there are certain contracts for rogue traders that are possible. I don't care for them, but if you look at the history of what we've punished with exterminators for, a surprising number of worlds have trafficked in a small number of orcs, followed by certain flame treatments and other things. So what I'm saying is, exterminators, once I know the system governor, then I don't know, wipe it the fuck out. Yeah, yeah, all right, all right, uh... Can you excuse me for just one second? I'm going to get a drink. And I'll like go over to one of the, the, the megalomaniacal bars. Um, Ryan, is there a Vicodin by any chance? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right. So I'll grab a, a bottle of Vicodin and I'll, yeah. I'll crack the, the top. Uh, and I'll just look at it for like an unnecessarily long time. And then as I'm pouring, I just kind of look up and smile and be like, you ever meet this guy? He's, he's great. He's great. Really? I mean, incredible taste. He can tell you anything. Yeah, he's a great conversationalist. Yeah, and I'll just like fill it to the brim and then put the bottle down and just say, uh, okay, so uh, we're picking the winner of these games, huh? And then we're going to have to continue to play them. Is that is that what we're getting here? That would be the approximate idea. Hmm. Uh, this should be something that the public will approve of, though. So you, you, sister, the crowd likes you. And he just snaps a finger and a servo skull flies in, just a little puttering skull with a camera in its eye. He gestures over to Mina and the camera swoops around and, and kind of gets a nice close-up, an awkward close-up of Mina's face. And he's like, Sister of Blood, you're on live. Why don't you tell us who won the games? <laughs> For one thing, Mina looks like an absolute horror show because she is covered in blood from multiple Xenos and people, Seth and the other guy. She is so tired. She is just exhausted and has been standing next to Warden to just be in the background. And then this happens. And she just takes the deepest, longest sigh. And she's like, of course, Nero Abignale won this round of the tournament. Did you not see it with your own eyes? I'll just raise my glass like I'm in fucking the Great Gatsby from the bar with a trembling hand because this is not how I wanted this to go. This episode of the Valentine Heresy features Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter as Interrogator Nero Abignale, Laura Hamstra at EL Hamstring on Twitter as Piper Fairley, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter as Seth Corbin, Del Borvik at Deltastic on Twitter as Sister Olian Mina, and our game master Ryan Laplant at the Ryan Laplant on Twitter. This episode was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra, and the Valentine Heresy's artwork was created by Del Borvik at delborvik.com, D-E-L-B-O-R-O-V-I-C. Our theme song is The Hordes by Megan McDuffie, and our ads use the tracks No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar, J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R, available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are at dumdumdice, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. We have merchandise available at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice. And most importantly, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E. Are they Imperator and death to all the heretics? 
Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. Christian Manicola, the half-blind prophet. Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby. One True Artistry, Orion Birchfield. Lord Abradovic, Noel Lewis, Scott Garland, Anthony Griffin, Benjamin V, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Cade Peters, Richard Cranium, Anna Zed, Eric Williams, Logan, Fire on Friendly, Acrix, Cameron Ezel, Grandma Likes D&D, Alan, Austin Nut Powers Fry, Stabby Stranger, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Sign. That's a geometric waveform or arc that rises and falls. And a new Canadian TTRPG and podcast inspired by that almost soothing mathematical motion. Let me show you. The action begins to rise as powerful strangers in a ruined yet vibrant world band together. If you run north, they will chase you. I suggest you stand behind me. Partner, I'd rather stand beside you if you're willing to help. Tension continues to mount higher as our characters must push themselves beyond their usual limits. As I'm climbing into the into the driver's seat, I'm gonna say to Sarah, sometimes you gotta make tough decisions. I'm driving now. And it peaks as a danger and excitement hits its zenith, leading to great failure or success. Fenriel would be just fire at this point. She straight up might die. Like this encounter might murder you. You know what? You lit me on fire. We're gonna be on fire, baby. And this tension relaxes tragedy, but more often humor, that comes with great pals being around a virtual table playing a game. Discover Sign on your favorite podcast player. S-I-N-E. The choices of the characters are theirs to make, but the fate of the world is up to the dice.